For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger For the ones who get it done. Russian President Vladimir Putin called the U.S. dollar's drop in dominance, quote, objective and irreversible during the recent BRICS summit in South Africa, as Brazil, Russia, India, China, and South Africa formally agreed to use local currencies instead of the U.S. dollar. It's the first shoe to drop. As demand for the dollar weakens, the buying power of the dollar also weakens. That's why Birch Gold Group is busier than ever. Investors and savers are looking to harness the power of physical gold held in a tax-sheltered IRA. Text MONICA to 989-898 for your free info kit on gold. Thousands of happy customers, an A-plus rating with the Better Business Bureau, and countless five-star reviews you can count on Birch Gold to help you navigate transitioning an existing IRA or 401k into an IRA in gold. As the U.S. dollar continues to receive pressure from foreign countries, digital currency, and central banks, arm yourself with information on how to protect your savings. Just text MONICA to 989-898 to claim your free info kit from Birch Gold Group right now. Hey guys, I'm Monica Crowley and this is the Monica Crowley Podcast. Thank you so much for joining me here on this Wednesday hump day. This is your go-to for hot liberty, a safe space for all of us thought criminals, independent thinkers, and happy warriors. Don't forget to check me out on social media. On Instagram, I am at Monica Crowley underscore. And on Twitter and True Social, I am at Monica Crowley. By email, I am at Monica Crowley Podcast at gmail.com. Again, that's Monica Crowley Podcast at gmail.com. I read all of your emails. I see them, so keep them coming. Sometimes, you know, we go long with a guest, so I don't always have time at the end of the show to highlight your emails, but I try to get to them, and I promise you, I see them all, and I, I am literally going through like hundreds of your emails. So promise me that you will let me know what's on your mind. Just send me a note and uh, tell me what's up. All right, um, we've got a big show coming at you on Friday. You're not going to want to miss it. I Again, I, I'm so sorry. This week, usually I like to confirm my guest way ahead of time. Um, but this week has been a little bit of a mess in terms of guests and getting confirmations and so on. But I can guarantee you that Friday is going to be a big show and you're not going to want to miss a minute of it. Big stuff coming up. All right. Today, I want to deal with the Georgia Senate race and where we must go from here. There is not a moment to waste, okay? Also today, we're going to have an extensive and very important conversation with the brilliant and gutsy Julie Kelly about the latest on January 6th. Now, we're going into the two-year anniversary of January 6th. I cannot even believe that. And you've got your fellow Americans who are still languishing in prison without due process. You've got other January 6th defendants being convicted of things like seditious conspiracy, which I don't think we've had that since the Revolutionary War. All right, so we've got major violations of constitutional rights of your fellow Americans. We're not talking about those who engaged in violence that day. We're talking about people who just paraded on the Capitol grounds, who have lost two years of their lives over basically nothing. Julie Kelly has been an absolute champion for these people, our fellow Americans, for almost two years now. She did it when it was unpopular to do so. By the way, it's still unpopular to do so. And she did it when she was out there swinging by herself. 
when the conservative press wasn't there to cover this, when members of Congress on the GOP side weren't stepping up to do it. I think there were only two who actually did go into the jails and meet with these J6 defendants. I think it was Marjorie Taylor Greene, and I think it was Louis Gohmert, and that's it. Maybe one or two others, but that's it. So nobody wanted to touch this or them. They were like lepers. The jails in Washington were like, and still are like a leper colony. Nobody wants to go touch the untouchables. Well, Julie Kelly has and continues to do so. So she is a real heroine. And I can't wait to talk to her and get an update of where we are in all of this. Because the January 6th committee is supposed to end uh, with the new Congress. But the new Congress is going to be Republican. So they should absolutely keep the J6 committee going, fund it for another round, and then turn the tables. No more Liz Cheney and Adam Kinzinger and all of these crazy liars and posers. All right? But now use the J6 committee framework instead of covering up the criminality by your government. Instead, use it and leverage it to expose their lies, their crimes, and expose the truth about what's happened. So we're going to have a very extensive and, like I said, critically important conversation with Julie Kelly coming up here in just a minute. So you're not going to want to miss a second of that. First, though, the Monica memo. Last night, I'm watching the returns from Georgia come in, and it's swinging back and forth uh, between Herschel Walker, who is my friend, and Raphael Warnock, the Democratic incumbent. And it's going 50-50, and then it's swinging Warnock ahead, and then Walker ahead, and it was too stressful, and I, I like had to climb into bed and turn on the E-channel, okay? It was like Home and Garden Network, okay? <laughs> to, because it was just uh, too anxiety. I was too anxiety-ridden watching this back and forth. But in the end, I had the sinking feeling that Walker was not going to win because they weren't going to let him win. What do I mean by this? Well, we've talked a lot on this podcast about rigged elections and how the left has been doing this for a very long time, certainly since 1960 in the modern era. But now they brought it into the 21st century, and you've got big tech on board as well as the entire force of the government and the propaganda press all working together to rig elections. And I would probably venture to guess that the vast majority of the time it's being done legally by gaming the system in all kinds of ways. Um, later in the week on Friday, I do want to get to the latest on, on Twitter and so on um, and the corruption that we're seeing there and how it's all, it's all of a piece, as I say on this show constantly, because it's true. It is all of a piece. So what you have in Georgia is the latest example of how the system was not going to allow another Trump candidate or America first candidate to win. Think about it this way. The conditions for a Republican sweep were the best they've ever been with the economy, inflation, gas prices, the out-of-control border and all of the problems that an open border brings, crime, cities in collapse, Afghanistan, Iran marching toward a nuclear weapon, the invasion of Ukraine, China ascendant and on the march. I mean, the list goes on and on. So if there were ever a time where the Republicans should have swept pretty much everything, it was this year. And yet they didn't. Why? Well, there are many reasons why, including that the system is rigged. By the way, our friendly Zeldin, remember on Monday I said, uh, I was talking to you about the, the need for change at the top. And I want to keep that up today as well. But I was talking about the race for the RNC chair, Ronna McDaniel's in there now. I think she's had, what, two or three terms and has lost in years where we should not lose, like this year. And my friend Lee Zeldin was openly considering uh, running for RNC chair. He would have been an extraordinary RNC chair. Exactly what we need. Exactly. But he announced today that he is not going to seek that position because the game is so rigged. It's like pre-baked for Ronna McDaniel to be reelected. 
So unfortunately, Lee is not running. The good news is that Harmeet Dillon is. And Harmeet is a lawyer out of San Francisco. She is one of us. She is a true fighter and she gets it. She gets the depth of corruption, both at the RNC and then just nationwide throughout the system. She understands what time it is in America. So Harmeet would be fantastic. Now that Lee has dropped out, I I think Harmeet would be fantastic. But to Lee's point, and we talked a little bit about this on Monday, it's pre-baked for Rana. Like once you get these positions, it's the power of incumbency. Because when you're an incumbent, you spend all of your time doling out favors and money. Sometimes they're the same thing, right? So Rana has spent, what, 8, 12 years just doling out money and favors so all of these people who vote for the RNC chair feel like they owe it to her. It's back-scratching. That's all it is. And yes, I know I'm not naive. This is politics. It's how it works. But our side now has no change of leadership. Unless Harmeet can pull this off, and she sh- and I hope that she will be able to, but she's putting up on her Twitter feed, you know, she's calling these people and introducing herself and trying to talk to them and explain why she's doing this and what her position is and what she would do with the RNC. She's putting up on Twitter that she's being met with like a brick wall. Oh, gosh, golly, Harmeet, I really like you, but... And Harmeet's like, well, you know, I've been talking to a lot of Republican donors and they would like to see a change of leadership. Oh, Harmeet, guess what? Donors don't vote for this position. So you're talking to donors, but they're not one of the 168 RNC members who are going to vote for chair. So what do we care? Can you imagine? The donors are the ones paying their salaries at the RNC. The RNC is sitting on, what, hundreds of millions of dollars? It's a giant slush fund, so Rana can dole out uh, gifts and, and favors so she can keep herself in power. This is how it works. I'm not naive about it, but guys, the country is hanging by a thread. We literally have like five minutes to save America. And the Democrats and the left and the entire system are working around the clock to destroy it. Which means we, we need leaders who are up to this moment and up to this challenge. And right now, we do not have them. I mean, this was one of the great appeals of Donald Trump. Am I right? Trump was an outsider. He was a disruptor. And he got it. He understood. That's what the whole slogan, make America great again. That's what it was all about. The hour is late. We're losing this country. We need to make America great again. And we've got to do it fast. The current GOP leadership either does not understand what time it is in America, in which case they're totally clueless, but I don't think that's the case because whether you're talking about McConnell, McCarthy, McDaniel, the McLeadership, they're not dumb people. They're, for the most part, weak and spineless, but they're not stupid. So I think they understand quite well what time it is in America and that's what makes it worse because then the, the obvious explanation is they just don't care. And that's worse. That's worse than being clueless. So you've got GOP leadership, all of whom they've lost everything in sight. You know, they're all out there blaming Donald Trump. Oh, all of Trump's candidates lost. We need to sweep him away out of, out of uh, the party, out of uh, current events, and into the history books. Donald Trump was an aberration. And in that sense, they're working hand in glove with the left, with the press, with the system to try to wash away Donald Trump that, as if he had never happened. They all want to go back to 2015. I often say 1987 because they like that kind of status quo kind of thing. But really, it's 2015 also, pre-Trump. They want to go back to a time and a place that they controlled because they were empowering themselves off of it and getting rich off of it. Meanwhile, they're destroying the country and they could give a flying wit about you. They want to go back to that time. So it's all about sweeping away Donald Trump. And this is why, and with Trump, it's the America first movement. It's not just about Trump. It's about the values of MAGA, the values of America first. They want that swept away as well. 
and they are moving heaven and earth in order to do that. Okay. So that's where we are. And when I say they weren't going to allow Herschel Walker to win in Georgia, they mobilized everything, the early voting, the ballot harvesting, the ballot curing. They did all of that while our side is running around contemplating our navels. They were doing all of that. They could not allow any real America first candidates to win. In fact, when I think about the Senate candidates, um, I think the only MAGA Trump candidate to win was J.D. Vance in Ohio, and that was closer than people expected. But whether it's Oz or Masters or Walker, they could not be allowed to win. What have I told you guys from the beginning? I have said that they need to destroy the movement, and it's much easier for them to target and attack one man Donald Trump, and try to destroy him, and then by extension, the movement by destroying him, rather than trying to play whack-a-mole in destroying hundreds, if not thousands, of America First candidates and leaders. So they've got to keep the America First candidate number down and America First leader number down, the easier to destroy them, Right. And so they had all of these candidates. I mean, come on, Oz was a great candidate. Was he the perfect candidate? Of course not. There, there is none. But John Fetterman is going to the U.S. Senate and Dr. Oz isn't? Come on. Come on. They could not allow Trump to have these successes. And they could not allow the America First candidates to become America First leaders because they still have Trump in their crosshairs politically. They're still trying to destroy him and take him out that way. But it's much easier, like I said, to go after one guy than hundreds. That is how they are trying to crush the movement. And our leadership right now is so pathetic and so corrupt that they will not take on these fights. We are taking on these fights every day on this show, you and me. Julie Kelly is coming up next. She's taking on these fights. But it would be helpful and useful to have our leadership also on the same page. Never before have we had Republican leadership so disconnected from its base, ever. And you know what? They just, not only do they not care about us, and what we believe and hope for and want for this country and for our families and communities, they could give a flying wit about any of that. Not only that, that would be bad enough, but it's worse. You know why? It's worse because they actively hate us. Mitch McConnell actively hates us. They hate their own base. They hate us. And so, of course, they're actively working against us and our interests, which also happens to be America's interests. We need a wholesale revolution within the party and the movement, okay? And as we go forward, we're going to talk about how to do that. All right, let's hit a quick break. When we come back, we're going to talk to one of our fellow warriors in this cause, Julie Kelly, and we're going to focus with her on the January 6th situation, the J6 defendants, and how we fight back. So you're not going to want to miss a second of that. Sit tight. Okay, everybody, listen up. We all want to be healthier, right? Well, to get there, we have to have a healthier diet, which is not always easy to do. I can attest to that. You know, that shredded lettuce in a double-double And the fruit filling in a donut are amazing, but they do not count toward the recommended five servings of fruits and vegetables a day. Sorry to be the one to break it to you, but they don't. I don't always eat healthy either, but I will share that the Mayo Clinic says if you want to help prevent heart disease, lower blood pressure, and cholesterol, eat five servings of fruits and vegetables every day. I don't and you probably won't. That's why I take Field of Greens. Unlike other supplements, each fruit and each vegetable in Field of Greens was medically selected by doctors to support your vital organs, like the heart, 
lungs, kidneys, and the immune system. Flu season is here, and I trust Field of Greens to help me stay healthy. Field of Greens works fast and tastes so good. It's really delicious, guys, and you'll feel better with more energy and you'll notice your skin, hair, and nails will look healthier too. I certainly noticed that in me since I started taking Field of Greens. If you don't always eat right and exercise, join me and take Field of Greens. Let me get you started with 15% off your first order. Visit fieldofgreens.com and use promo code MONICA. That's promo code MONICA at fieldofgreens.com, fieldofgreens.com. Well, I'm honored and delighted to have with me today somebody I am blessed now to consider a friend. She is a fierce and totally fearless warrior for truth and justice, which is increasingly rare in America today. Julie Kelly is a senior writer at American Greatness, and you should be reading her stuff all day, every day. Their website is AM for American, amgreatness.com. And if you're not reading Julie Kelly uh, there, you got to fix that immediately. On social media, she is at Julie underscore Kelly and then the number two. So Julie underscore Kelly two. Julie has also been and continues to be a righteous warrior on behalf of the January 6th defendants, the vast majority of whom did nothing wrong or committed very minor infractions. And they have been left to rot in prison for over a year and a half, going on two years. We're closing in on two years now as we approach the second anniversary of January 6th. Many of these people have been held without due process or given lengthy prison sentences, really for relatively minor events. This is a true crime against the Constitution and humanity. And Julie Kelly has really championed their cause from the start, when it was unpopular to do so and when she was out there alone. So I am honored that she is back with us today. Julie, welcome. What an introduction, Monica. Thank you so much for that. Thank you for having me on and to helping amplify uh, my coverage uh, on January 6th and especially what's happening to these people who are being tormented by our government. This is tyranny in America. It is not even just encroaching tyranny. The tyranny is here. And you, from the very, very start, Julie, I remember seeing you in my Twitter feed and saying, oh, who is, who is Julie Kelly and what, what is she? Oh, she's <laughs> focused on. Because, of course, none of this was being covered except in the most dishonest, uh, vicious kind of way by the propaganda press, um, making it out into an insurrection and that these people were um, uh, guilty of sedition and treason and that they should have the book thrown at them in the most brutal kind of way. And you were out there alone. I know, you know, there, there are other people now covering this, but you were really out there from the very beginning at the start, totally by yourself, swinging and begging Republican members of Congress begging people in the conservative media to cover this. And nobody would really take you up on it because it was considered like a third rail. It was like, oh, there was an insurrection, so nobody should go near this story. And you said, wait a minute, our fellow Americans are being thrown in the slammer for very little minor infractions, and they're getting no due process. They don't have access to lawyers. They can't make their phone calls. Their their constitutional rights have been stripped. And you were trying to scream this from the rooftops falling on deaf ears with a lot of people for a very long time. So I really, I consider you a a heroine for the Republic, Julie, and I'm so blessed to call you a friend. Well, same to you, Monica. Thank you so much for that. And I really, I want to give a shout out to my publisher, Chris Buskirk, and to American Greatness, um, you know, because they have been, you know, as fearless uh, and, and dogged on this as I have. And you know, I go back to a conversation I had with Chris at the end of January of 2021, and I said, look, this is what's happening. The government, this DOJ is asking judges to deny bail for people who didn't even go inside the building for trespassers. Uh, this is crazy. I said, they are political prisoners. You know, is it OK if I describe them that way? And he said, well, of course. So we were for sure, without question, uh, early uh, out front 
on, you know, exposing not just what happened on January 6th, very slowly exposing what happened, but also describing these people as they should be and, uh, you know, letting people know what Joe Biden and Merrick Garland and Lisa Monaco's DOJ uh, was doing and was planning to do. So I really do want to credit my publisher and American Greatness uh, for supporting my work and, uh, you know, for, for their courage. Yeah, you know, it's a really important point because you're the public face of these arguments and championing the cause of our fellow Americans who have been held with largely without due process. But you can't really do it, Julie, unless you've got the backing of your company. You know, you need the, the, the company to really have your back in all of this. And I'm glad to hear that American Greatness has. Remind us of your book again and where we can get it. So my book is January 6th, How Democrats Use the Capitol Protest to Launch a War on Terror Against the Political Right. Uh, It's it's on a print-to-order basis at Amazon. We kind of rushed, not rushed, but we needed to get it out before the one-year anniversary uh, last year. So it's print-to-order at Amazon. You know what, Monica? It was about a year ago I wrapped up my manuscript for the book. And my publisher, uh, Adam Bello, at uh, Post Hill you know, we were going back and forth about the title. We knew that that title sounded sort of aggressive. We weren't sure if Amazon was going to go with it. But I'll tell you, looking back a year later, um, (laughs) not only is the subtitle spot on, but the Biden regime is openly admitting that they have launched this war on terror against the political right. I think the only word I would change is not used the Capitol protest, but planned the Capitol protest. So maybe that will be my follow-up subtitle. Oh, you need to do another book on all of the information (laughs) that that we now have since you wrote the first one. So bring us up to date on this, Julie. Tell us what we now know about the federal government, particularly the DOJ and FBI's involvement in January 6th, because there have been a lot of There's a lot of speculation that the feds infiltrated groups like the Proud Boys and Oath Keepers and just the general crowd, because they knew that they were going to have hundreds of thousands of Americans descend on Washington, D.C. We know that Nancy Pelosi, uh, who's in charge of Capitol uh, Police Protection and Security, blew off all requests for for additional security. So did Washington, D.C.'s Mayor Muriel Bowser. They were all warned. And they all blew it off and did not move uh, at all to uh, sort of upgrade the protection of the Capitol and the city. So take us to where we what we know now, based on the evidence of the federal government's role in infiltrating these groups and perhaps even instigating some of the violence that we saw that day. Well, I want to take a a little step back and uh, discuss briefly why I had suspicions early on about the federal government's involvement. And as 2021 unfolded, what really confirmed my suspicions, and to your point, Monica, it's not speculation that the FBI infiltrated these two alleged militia groups. It has been confirmed in court documents and in the regular press like the New York Times. We now know there were at least five FBI informants, I suspect it's probably triple that number in the Oath Keepers, including the man who was the vice president of the group, reporting directly to Stuart Rhodes. He was an FBI informant for months before January 6th. There were at least eight FBI informants embedded in the Proud Boys. What was breaking today is that not only was the FBI in contact with these groups like the Proud Boys, so were D.C. Metro police investigators and detectives. There was at least one talking directly to the head of the Proud Boys who was telling them exactly what their plans were for January 6th. So the question is, either one, they had the worst informants, worst investigators, worst detectives of all time working with informants and other assets who no one was tipped off that this was going to happen on January 6th, right? Or they were part of the plan, which leads me to why I believe this happened. The same time this was going on in 2020, what was the FBI working on? The FBI concocted an engineered plan to kidnap Michigan Governor Gretchen Whitmer in 2020. 
This was an FBI sting operation from start to finish. It involved at least a dozen FBI informants working with FBI undercover agents who were working with FBI supervising agents in multiple FBI field offices. This was not just run out of Detroit uh, FBI field office. This was an elaborate, costly operation, careful plotting with top agents, probably involving Christopher Ray, the FBI director. We don't know that for a fact, but FBI agents testified in the trial that it required approval at the highest level because it was considered a terror enterprise investigation. They used planes. They used drones. They had pole cameras at Gretchen Whitmer's cottage to collect information as these FBI agents, undercover agents and informants were luring this me- these men into this trap. This was all happening at the same time they had informants and the Proud Boys and the Oath Keepers. It's all tied together. Two of the biggest ties, number one, a protest at the Capitol building in Lansing, Michigan in April of 2020, where the main informant was, where some of the men targeted were, and the Michigan State Police, the FBI told the Michigan State Police to stand down that day so the protesters could go into the building, exact same optics that we saw on January 6th. Mm. And here's the real shocker, Monica. The man in charge of the Detroit FBI field office, a man named Stephen D'Antuano, was promoted a week after the arrests were announced in October of 2020. The feds arrested six men, charged them on federal conspiracy to kidnap charges. He was promoted by Christopher Ray in October of 2020. And where did he go? The Washington, D.C. FBI field office, a plum assignment, the most powerful office and agent in the entire system and the stepladder to be the FBI director. And he was in charge of the FBI field office on January 6th, led the investigation, et cetera. So this is all coming together and coming out now. So that's why people are right to suspect, strongly suspect that the FBI and other agencies played a key instrumental leading role in what we saw unfold on January 6th. It's just unbelievable that this is happening in the United States of America, where most Americans assume that the Constitution is the prevailing force, prevailing legal force, as we've always been told, and how it's always been operating as the ultimate law of the land, that American citizens have all kinds of legal protections against being set up by their own government. And yet this is happening and has been happening now for years. You know, if you take the 30,000 foot view, Julie, you and I both agree that the biggest threat that we face today is the weaponization of our own government against us. And what they have done is taken the most fearsome agencies of the U.S. government, the most powerful and terrifying, the DOJ, FBI, and the IRS in a different way. But they've taken the law enforcement agencies and weaponized them against the people, the American citizens they consider to be their political opponents and have tarred them as threats to the republic when they themselves are the threats to the republic. So when you get to January 6th, as you just laid out, the FBI and DOJ have already gone down this road of setting up American citizens in truly criminal ways. So maybe those two, the Whitmer fednapping case and and the other cases that you've written about and talked about over the last couple of years, maybe they were test runs for January 6th. Let's see how we can execute a plot like this. Let's see uh, how it rolls. Let's see what kind of mistakes we might make. And let's see if we can get away with it. So that after the election, if need be, they could pull the trigger on something like January 6th. What do you think? Yes, I think that that's exactly right. I do think a lot of what happened in Whitmer, particularly you know, storming the Lansing Capitol in April of 2020 was definitely a dry run. I think that they tried it in other state capitals too. And so again, the same sort of optics, people dressed in their military gear, people in Michigan apparently are allowed to carry weapons into public buildings. And the other thing, 
They had tons of media stationed inside the Lansing Capitol building to get these photos, you know, plaster them on social media right away, which is precisely what happened on January 6th. Ask yourself, Monica, why were there so many photographers inside the Capitol building on January 6th? Why was Nancy Pelosi's daughter, Alexandra, a documentary filmmaker? Why was she filming her mother that day? Why did she follow everyone to Fort Dix when top lawmakers were evacuated? If they were expecting nothing to happen, they were just going to certify the election and everyone was going to go on their merry little way. Why were there? And there were documentary film crews from across the world in Washington. So this was another very similar aspect. But it's like they expected something major to happen. And that's exactly what unfolded on January 6th. No other event in American history has been as photographed, filmed, recorded than the four-hour disturbance on Capitol Hill on January 6th. People knew what was going to happen. They needed to create the optics and the videos to bolster the narrative that this was an insurrection. They started using the word insurrection that afternoon when no one even knew what was going on, Monica. Right. I mean, you have lawmakers tweeting the word insurrection. Joe Biden called it an insurrection at 4.15 that afternoon. It was planned. It was plotted. The talking points were had already been distributed before that afternoon. That's why we haven't seen any records on a Nancy Pelosi's office. That's why Representative Benny Thompson, the chairman of the January 6th committee, said early on, her office is off limits. Have we seen a single email, a single letter, any correspondence out of the Speaker of the House's office responsible for security that day? I don't even think her or her staff have been interviewed, not just by January 6th committee investigators, but by the Department of Justice, which claims it's investigating, has a criminal investigation into January 6th. They do have a criminal investigation. They've arrested over 900 people. They've interrogated everyone in Trump world, but they haven't questioned Nancy Pelosi. Right. Come on. I, right. That tells you exactly what all of this is about. And you're so right. Her documentarian daughter, Alexandra, with a full camera crew that day. I mean, it's just it, it is absolutely beyond belief. Okay, Julie, please stand by. A lot more to cover with you straight ahead. But first, I'd like to take a moment to welcome a new sponsor, Man Crates. They have hundreds of totally unique gift options available for all of the special men in your life. For the rest of the season, buy one crate, get one 50% off with code FESTIVE50 at mancrates.com. Code FESTIVE50 at mancrates.com. They have hundreds of totally unique gift options available at mancrates.com. Mancrates packs his gift in unique containers, so watching him open his gift is also an unforgettable experience. Personalization is free, and every Mancrates gift comes with a 100% satisfaction guarantee. He'll think it's awesome, or man crates will make it right. For the rest of the season, buy one, get one 50% off with code FESTIVE50 at mancrates.com. Again, code FESTIVE50 at mancrates.com. We'll be right back. Okay, we are back with the heroic Julie Kelly. You know, everything that they've attacked Donald Trump with, and by extension, the America First movement, which is you and me and everybody listening to the show today, has been a cover-up for their crimes. So the Russia hoax was a cover-up of their crimes in targeting Trump with the Russia collusion hoax. Their two fake impeachments of Donald Trump mm -hmm. were a cover-up of what Joe Biden and his crime family were doing with regard to China and Ukraine, right? The January okay. 6th committee is a cover-up of what you have exposed and continue to expose about the Fed's involvement in trying to set up Donald Trump. These are all cover-ups of their own crimes, Exactly right. That's so well said. Every single, you know, and now we have a special counsel, Jack Smith. He's supposed to be investigating classified documents and Trump's role on January 6th. What else could you possibly get? I mean, Trump has produced tens of thousands of documents to the committee that has nothing to do with January 6th. They got records dating back to April of 2020. This has to do with the cover up 
too, of a rigged election, right? The rigged yes. election that we're now getting information just this week, bombshell after bombshell of how this was rigged, the suppression of not just, it's not just Hunter Biden's laptop, of course, it would be to contradict Joe Biden's claims for years that he had nothing to do with Hunter Biden's business dealings overseas. He wasn't aware of it. He didn't bolster it. He didn't make the connections. Flat out lie after lie after lie. And you had social media companies working with the FBI to censor and silence this content very successfully, of course, but it's too late now. So as I've told, you know, going back to the people who have had their lives destroyed from this criminal prosecution, I told them from early on, the truth eventually will be told about January 6th. The truth will be told you will be exonerated. It might take years, just like Russiagate did, just like now the election, but the truth will be told. And um, I think actually, Monica, it's being told a little bit faster than I thought. Um, But, you know, now the burden will be on Republicans in Congress to take this ball and keep running with it because that's what we expect out of our leadership. So that brings me to the next question. We are going to have a Republican-controlled House of Representatives come January 3. So another four weeks, but we will have a GOP-controlled Congress. Will the Republicans continue the January 6th committee? Will they continue it? Will they give it an additional charter so that we can turn the tables and expose all of the truths that you have discovered and exposed, um, but do it at the congressional level and also the farce that is the January 6th cover-up committee? Will they continue it for these reasons? They're going to have to, Monica. This is what the base, their voters expect. And I was a little heartened to see Kevin McCarthy last week to help direct the committee to preserve all of their documents, all of their records, all of their interviews, any evidence that they've collected since you know July of 2021, because they expected that material to be handed over to Republicans who want to investigate the investigators, right? And Kevin McCarthy cannot turn around after he takes the gavel, which I presume that he will, and say, the American people want us to move on from January 6th. We need to move on. You know, we need to do this, do that. No. If they don't confront what the government did, what the Democratic Party did, what other federal agencies and local agencies like D.C. Metro Police, D.C. Department of Homeland Security, if they don't get their arms around this, if they don't get the video They have the video, by the way, the 14,000 hours of surveillance video taken inside and outside the Capitol that day, which has been under protective order since March of 2021. Release all the videos. Just get it out to the public. Post the video from that morning through that evening so we could see, just like Representative Clay Higgins asked Chris Ray, who got very indignant over the question. Did the FBI have informants dressed like Trump supporters inside the Capitol before the breach occurred? Christopher Ray should have said, no, that's preposterous. What a stupid question, Representative Higgins. He didn't. He right. refused to answer the question twice. Show the video, release all the records, get Capitol Police and FBI officials on public hearings. Let's do our own televised hearings. Let's find out who gave the orders basically the same stand down orders that were given in Lansing in April, 2020, who gave the stand down orders, who let people into the building? Why was it intentionally insecure? Who gave the orders to start attacking the crowd, throwing flashbangs, explosive devices into a crowd outside? Who gave the authorization to use rubber bullets against people standing outside on Capitol grounds? Let's talk about the four Trump supporters who died that day either wholly due to excessive force by police, like Lieutenant Michael Byrd, who shot and killed Ashley Babbitt. But let's Mm -hmm. find out about the other three people who died. Roseanne Boylan, who died of suffocation and beating by police. The other two men, Kevin Greeson and Benjamin Phillips, who suffered fatal heart attacks after police were launching these explosive devices near them. We don't even talk about those two men. Let's find out how those four people really died instead of focusing on Brian Sicknick, tragically died at the age of 42, unrelated to the events of January 6th, but we're still told that he died because of what happened that day. Well, we're totally burying 
and ignoring the deaths of these other four people. So House Republicans need to take this on. The American people need to be told the truth. And I'm telling you, Monica, the public is not prepared to grasp what the government did that day. But Republicans have a duty to tell the people what did happen and to somehow fix it. You know, it's bad enough when the government was weaponized and continues to be weaponized against President Trump uh, because he is an existential threat to their absolute grip on power and the entire corrupt status quo. So therefore, he must be destroyed. But his movement must be destroyed. Now, Donald Trump is the strongest individual I have ever seen. The fact he is still standing after seven years of constant assault at this level is beyond belief. Mm -hmm. But I think if the American people see average Americans who just showed up that day, that cold day in early January of 2021, just to stand up and, and fight for the country that they love and the president who has championed them and took a ton of slings and arrows over many years to deliver for the forgotten man and woman, I think if most of the American people see that it's not just Trump, that it's the average Americans that you have been fighting for, Julie, for these last two years, who have been languishing in prison all of this time without due process, the people who have been killed, as you pointed out, I think most Americans will say, wait a minute, we, we have been lied to about this. I mean, we're lied to in every direction all day long. But on January 6th, I think if they see the actual human faces attached to these stories. You've been trying to do it. Uh, the propaganda press will not amplify this, but I think if we could elevate it to the congressional level where the propaganda press would have to cover at least some of this, and they can attach normal Americans' names and faces to these stories, I think that would go a long way. I think it's absolutely vital, Monica, that that happens. And they need to take these hearings outside of Washington as well. They need to go to outside of these FBI field offices. You know, Christopher Ray brags how all 56 FBI field offices have been involved in the January 6th criminal investigation. Well, that's great. So let's tell the American people what your agents have been doing working out of those 56 field offices, conducting pre-dawn raids with armed FBI agents, SWAT vehicles battering down the front doors of homes of Americans, terrorizing neighborhoods and families, young children, elderly spouses, pointing rifles at children and spouses who had nothing to do with January 6th, hauling these people off to prison, hauling them then to a DC gulag where they languished in solitary confinement, denied bail as the same DOJ delayed their trials over and over again. Don't just do this in Washington. Go to these people's homes, go to these states and tell the story. Do it in Republican states like Florida and Texas, which have the highest number of January 6th defendants, and force local politicians and, yes, Republican governors who are also ignoring this, what's happening to their own constituents, and let this local press cover it as well. This is part of exposing the weaponization of the DOJ and FBI, that will open more eyes, I think, than any routine congressional hearings in Washington. Yes, I completely agree with you, getting it all out of Washington to the extent that we can and trying to amplify the message and the truth. I mean, the, the bigger thing, you know, well, a lot of people focus on Trump and he is obviously holding the banner for the America First movement and continues to. But there's something much bigger going on here, which is that the left, the, the Marxist revolutionaries who are running the DOJ and the FBI right now and the media and big tech and big pharma and the rest of it, Julie, they realize that there are more of us than them. They control all of the levers of power, but they know that the, the people are on the other side. They're just not motivated most of the time to rebel against what is being inflicted on them and destroying their country. But every once in a while, you do get the great silent majority, you and me and millions of others to come together. And it started the Nixon uh, coalition, which then became the Reagan Democrats and the Reagan revolution, which then became the Tea Party movement, which has now become the America First movement. And what all of these 
operatives in Washington and elsewhere around the country understand is that when we get together, we feel our own power, whether it's the Tea Party or the MAGA movement, when we are at Trump rallies and so on, we feel our own power because we see our power in numbers. And that's when they realize that they have to disperse us. I talk about this a lot on this podcast. They have to disperse us. So they lie about us. They smear us as bigots and, and racists and the rest to try to discredit the movement in whatever iteration it is. And now they have turned the literal guns of the U.S. government on us to disperse us. I mean, talk about, if you would, Julie, just how dangerous a moment in this country this really is. It's extremely dangerous because there's no stopgap. The real villains here are federal judges, too. And I'll just quickly talk about that. This DOJ is out of control. They have no accountability. And they have, you know, the people who are responsible for making sure that the constitutional rights of Americans are enforced, that they are protected by an out-of-control government and federal prosecutors. Those people are federal judges. They have acted, these D.C. district court judges, and I'm talking Trump appointees as well, and in some cases, they're worse than the Democrat-appointed judges. They have done nothing but act like a rubber stamp for this. They are the ones who sign the final order to deny people bail, to hold people in federal custody, They are the ones who at the same time are allowing prosecutors to delay their trials as these people languish under pretrial detention orders. They don't have access to their lawyers. That is a constitutional violation. Their due process is denied. Constitutional violation. They are being tormented in this D.C. jail held in solitary confinement. Constitutional violations. These people, they're innocent. They're guilty before they're proven innocent. And these D.C. district court judges are rubber stamps for the DOJ. They are not doing their job. They're actually violating their oath of office. But who holds the judges responsible? Absolutely no one. Right. I see these people are caught in a legal and judicial circle of hell in Washington, D.C. Not a single trial, Monica, should be held in Washington, D.C., especially high profile cases like the Oath Keepers and Proud Boys. Every single judge has denied change of venue motions, including in the Proud Boys trial, which certainly should be moved out of D.C. Judge Tim Kelly, a Trump appointed judge who has held these men in prison since January, February and March of 2021, while the DOJ screws around and delays their trial, adding new charges, adding new defendants. Their trial starts December 19th, Monica. Joe Biggs from Florida has been in federal custody since January of 2021. No violent charges. He's not charged with a violent crime. Neither is Ethan Nordine. Neither is Zachary Real. But yet they've been held almost two years denied bail by a Trump-appointed judge before they can even have their day in court. And now, of course, what are we finding out? All of the federal informants. They've withheld this evidence from the defense attorneys for over a year, dumping Mm. 500 pages of mostly redacted pages related to federal informants in that group. What did we find out today? That the Proud Boys were communicating with the D.C. Metro police officer investigator. I mean, these are the worst like insurrectionists ever. They were actually working with law enforcement, telling them <laughs> yeah. what they were going to do. Yeah. And so the judges really here are, are the bad guys. That's why we're in such a dangerous time. Because you know, just they, like the election, the judges did not step up and do their job with the lawsuits. And now we see it again with January 6th. That's also such a scary point, is that the corruption runs so deep everywhere, from the executive branch to the legislative branch to the media, to big tech, to big pharma. We are lied to all day, every day, in every direction. And I think a lot of people just sort of assumed, okay, well, at least we've got the judiciary Right. It's like a wishful thinking. Right. Well, at least we've got we can have our our grievances redressed in a court of law and there'll be a fair system and a fair judge. And that's not the case, at least in in big swaths of the country, certainly Washington, D.C. That's why House Republicans should not focus on impeaching Joe Biden. I think that's a huge mistake. Why would we do Democrats a favor and get rid of Biden? They shouldn't move to impeach Merrick Garland or Alejandro Mayorkas. 
They need to pick one or two judges on this DC district court and impeach them for violating their oath of office and failing to protect the constitutional rights of these defendants on January 6th. That will go a long way in setting the stage and sending a message to these judges that we now know who the real villains are. It's you. The OJ can't get away with any of this. They can't get away with any of it without your approval. When I say rubber stamp, that's exactly what they are. I would encourage Republicans to look. I can certainly help. I can point them in many directions of which judges should be impeached. They actually should go after the chief judge, Beryl Howell, a flagrant, brazen partisan appointed by Barack Obama. They don't even try to hide their contempt, Monica, for these defendants in court. And they have openly said, people like Beryl Howell, that Donald Trump was responsible for January 6th and going out of their way to impose excessive sentences against these defendants simply because they are Trump supporters. This violates everything that we expect, especially from federal judges in our nation's capital. I would tell Republicans, pick a few. I'll help you. I'll tell you which ones you should undertake impeachment proceedings against. It's such a great idea, Julie, and I want you to really amplify that message on social media and, of course, on this show. But every time you do an interview, you should get that out there. Talk to members of Congress like Marjorie Taylor Greene and others who can be helpful on this score, because I think you're 100 percent right. Okay, we've got to hit this quick break, but we will be back with much more. First, though, the Christmas season is here. Time for gift-giving, parties with friends and family, and getting great compliments everywhere you go, looking years younger. Thanks to GenuCell. From now until Christmas, GenuCell's most popular package is 70% off at GenuCell.com. Treat yourself and a loved one to the absolute best skincare in the world. I use it and I absolutely love it. Visit GenuCell.com slash Monica right now and enter my special promo, Monica, for an additional 10% off your entire order. Every order today is instantly upgraded to free express shipping. Wow, that's incredible. GenuCell.com slash Monica. Again, that's GenuCell, G-E-N-U-C-E-L.com slash Monica. GenuCell.com slash Monica. We'll be right back. We are back with Julie Kelly. You know, what's also really sad and terrifying to me, and I know to you, is that when you're talking about these judges, first of all, forget about impartiality and the rule of law and justice is blind. That went out the window a long time ago. But the fact that these judges who have the power over your life and your own freedom, that they have zero humanity in them that this is only and always about their political jihad against Donald Trump and Trumpism and the America First movement, that they can't look at a defendant like this and have any kind of sense of compassion or empathy, you know, that is just, you know, throw the book at them, destroy their lives, and there's no pang of compassion or humanity in any of these judges that they are so focused on transforming the country, destroying Donald Trump or destroying America first, that they are willing to do that to these poor people. That to me is what's really scary. It's terrifying. I call them sadistic. Yeah, they are. It is sickening to see how gratified they are. The judges and prosecutors by inflicting pain on these people. And I'm not even talking about people who are accused of assaulting police officers. We're talking about people convicted of parading in the Capitol, low-level petty offense that Beryl Howell, the chief judge, admitted last year that the D.C. District Court never has dealt with before. But it is swamped with hundreds of these low-level Class B misdemeanors. And not only that, Monica, they're sentencing people to 30 45, 60 days in jail, three years probation for a parading offense, which Mm. I think most Americans think that's our constitutional right. We have a right to go into a government building and protest something that we believe is wrong and confront our elected officials who scattered like little cockroaches when the building was breached instead of 
These are the same people who want to send our young people, we're willing to send our young people to Ukraine, right? And yet they hide under desks and under seats when the furry, you know, QAnon shaman comes in the door. They are cowards. And but will they now, will at least the Republicans now confront the evil that the sadistic prosecutors and judges who are gratified by what they're doing and imposing and destroying the lives of these people? You know, it's such a such an overwhelming problem. I problem isn't even the right word, but it's so overwhelming and there's so many aspects to it. And as you know, I've said, this is not the Republican leadership that is fit to do what needs to be done. And that's, uh, I think that's most disheartening of all. Yes. And in fact, I did my monologue uh, before we brought you on the show today, Julie, about exactly that, that they are not they have not met the moment and they are incapable or unwilling to meet the moment here. The country is hanging by a thread and they're pretending like it's 1987 business as usual. Uh, that's a conversation for a different day. But, you know, when you mention the freedom of assembly, OK, peaceful assembly, that is in the First Amendment. So we know that this uh, Marxist revolution with fascist tactics has been going on a long time here to transform the country. But they've got the Second Amendment certainly under assault and they've got the First Amendment under assault. And we all know freedom of speech and freedom of religion is part of uh, the First Amendment. And they're definitely in the crosshairs. But a lot of people forget freedom of assembly is in there, too in the First Amendment. And on January 6th, the people who were peaceably assembled had every right to do that. And the fact that they are being persecuted and prosecuted in this way, Julie, is unbelievable. And the idea that they have no recourse, I'm going out of my mind for them. And I know you are too, for the last two years, I literally want to scream out loud on their behalf. Yes, yes, well said, but the time for action is now. Right. Yes. Part of the reason I think that Republicans were installed in power is the expectation of the base that they are going to turn the tables now. They are going to conduct the investigations. They are the ones who are going to be issuing subpoenas. They are going to use whatever legal resources. Of course, they're limited because we don't control the Department of Justice. But to the extent that they can turn the tables, force these people now to endure the same kind of thing that they've been doing to us for the past six years and to Donald Trump. Look, I think a great template is you see this Missouri versus Biden lawsuit. So this is a civil suit that's been filed to expose the government collusion with big tech, and they're really making some headway. But these Biden officials do not want to sit for court order depositions to say under oath exactly what the regime did, um, what the government did in 2020. Of course, still Donald Trump's executive branch, but still he didn't run. (laughs) No one believes that he had control of any of these federal agencies. But in 2021, you know what people in the administration did to suppress information about covid, about vaccines and also January 6th. So they're making some headway with that. We now have depositions. We, Anthony Fauci's deposition was just released. Elvis Chan, the FBI official out of uh, the San Francisco field office, his deposition has been released. So we're making some headway. There are different avenues that Republicans can pursue to get the truth out and hold these people accountable. But, you know, again, will they do it? We just, anyone who's listening, and I tell people all the time, the only thing you can do is just ring the, you know, ring the phone off the hook at your congressional member's office, demanding that they do whatever they can to investigate and pursue the facts. Absolutely. And that is the best advice, Julie, to everybody listening here today. Do that. Ring your representative's phone off the hook, your U.S. senators, your members of Congress, because there's going to be tremendous pressure on these Republicans not to engage in these investigations. Oh, inflation is so high, gas prices. Y'all need to be focused on kitchen table issues. Forget about these investigations. They want their corruption swept under the rug because they don't want it exposed and they don't want to be held accountable. So the only way you're going to put a spine into these people is letting them hear from you. Julie Kelly is doing yeoman's work, absolutely Herculean lifting here and has for two years. She is a heroine, but she's only one person. 
So if she needs all of us to put the pressure on these elected folks, especially the Republicans, and whether they represent you or not, call their offices and let them know because they're going to be, oh, well, we shouldn't be involved in these investigations. Absolutely. You cannot just allow this kind of corruption go and allow the other side to get away with these grotesque violations of the Constitution. Right, Julie? That's absolutely right. And Monica, I appreciate, you know, your passion on this, using your platform to rattle the cages, people who are paying attention to you, who listen to you, political leaders, our elected officials. So I know speaking on behalf of the J6ers, thank you so much for your support. We're very grateful. Well, right back at you, Julian. Please uh, let the January 6th defendants who are still languishing in prison know that we are behind them 100%. We're doing everything we can because I don't know where those people go to get their missing two years back, right? You only get X number of years on this planet, depending on how God sees fit. And these people who have done little to nothing wrong have just lost two years of their lives in jail for basically nothing and have had their constitutional rights violated. Julie, you are a true heroine, and not just for those defendants, but for all of us who love the rule of law and love this country. So thank you so much for your relentless fight for justice and for the truth and for being here today. Thank you, Monica, so much for having me on. Of course, it's always a pleasure. Julie Kelly, read her at American Greatness, amgreatness.com. Follow her on social media at Julie underscore Kelly too, and go get her book, called January 6th, go to Amazon and get it now because she's going to write another one. So you need to read the first one first. All right, guys, that's going to do it for me here on this Wednesday. Thanks so much for joining me and for checking out our terrific sponsors. We all really appreciate that too. Have a great end to your week and I will see you right back here on Friday with another huge show. Be well. Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you, with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.